And while we're on the subject, I'd like to apologize to the American people. You see, I forgot that I was hired to do a job for you, and that was just a temp job at that. I forgot that I had 250 million people who were paying me to make their lives a little bit better, and I didn't live up to my part of the bargain. You see, I think there are certain things you should expect from your president. I ought to care more about you than I do about me. I ought to care about more about I ought to care more about what's right than I do about what's popular. I, I ought to be willing to give up this whole thing for something I believe in. From Rochester, New York, the home of a lot of people who are really tired right now, this is Monkey Business, your one-stop shop from everything geeky and everything can be geeky if you love it enough. Starring Dan Carmen, Tanya Metris, Billy DeTori, and I am your host. My name is Chris Frank, and I hope you guys are enjoying us in 1080p. Hmm. Are we going to be in 4K one of these days? 4K, uh, I'm telling you, we're working our way towards that. We're still a young podcast after we all We are, yeah. You know, 4K is more expensive. Exactly. You know, there's now 8, 8K graphics coming, coming up. What a yeah. surprise. So if you, if you share us with your friends and family and get more listeners, we can maybe get up to 8K one of these Absolutely. Days. I'll have Page. to... Up- I'll have to update from Betamax. Ooh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Patreon.com backslash FC3ROC. Support us so that we can make our way to 4K. Ooh, I like that. Make our way to 4K. I like that. That's kind of a good thing. How are we doing this week, gang? Not too good. bad. This has been an adventure of a week. This yeah, week. It's been a roller coaster of a week. Uh, Lyra, our, our TV has been on CNN more this week than mm-hmm. it probably has and my lifetime combined <laughs> yeah yeah it's just keeping an eye on what's going on um i've been having news blasts thrown my way from reuters and ap just so i know that i'm getting something that nobody can really argue with because if i say mm-hmm. well cnn posted that the, there's gonna be half the country is gonna go oh fake news but you know nobody's been able to argue with ap and reuters yeah. i you go know, over to BC, they- bbc sometimes BBC has also had a very good, interesting, yeah. and definitely impartial from the outside looking in kind mm-hmm. of a thing. So that's, that's yeah. been very good to have. I have the BBC network on my uh, Sirius in the car. I've actually enjoyed CNN's coverage. Granted, it is, you know, it leans left. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if it would lean as left without uh, Trump being the, the uh, right-wing guy that they were... Well, the thing that's that's really kind of been very clarifying, and this is a theory that I've had for quite some time, um, is that the world is kind of in the middle when it comes to politics. Mm-hmm. There are some liberal, there are some conservative countries, there are political, and there's liberal and conservative ideologies. Um, however, we have really, as a country, and especially in the past 30 years, been dragged far to the right. And... You know, taking us to the left isn't really taking us to the left. It's just taking us close to center. You know, in a lot of countries, the new president-elect's politics would be center-right. You know, he'd be, you know, he'd be a moderate, you know, conservative. Uh, And 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 Bernie would have been almost right down the middle. Uh, You know, so to call it 
a leftist ideology is is really it's left leaning. Just, but that's, it depends where you start from. Exactly. And <laughs> oh, and by the way, politics is geeky because if you love it enough, and I do, mm-hmm. I've studied it most of my life. So um, this qualifies for the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of wild that way. Uh, you know, so it's just, it's it's interesting to see that there's basically a movement not to drag us to the left, but basically drag us back to the middle with the rest of the world. And um, and it's starting to take hold a little bit. And, and I got to tell you, I am so proud, whether, whether these people voted for him or for him, it doesn't really matter, right? But more people came out to vote. More people participated in the process this year than ever before, and that, that's amazing, right there. That is I mean, a huge thing, and and I'm so during happy a pandemic. Just that. Exactly. Well, we found ways to do it. You know, yeah. there there are mechanics involved, and that's where the delay came in. You know, that there are mm-hmm. mechanics involved to make sure that if you're not comfortable getting to the polls, or you can't because you're not available to, then you have an you have an ability to do so. If I can point out something I put on Facebook yesterday Uh and a reply I got, I, I, I put up yesterday after uh, Kamala Harris and and Joe Biden made their speeches about eight 30 last night. I said, it may take a bit to get used to a vice president and president who can speak with eloquence, intelligence, joy, and kindness again. Oh yeah. And by saying, I'm, I'm not just pointing out them. I'm also talking the Bushes, the Reagans, the Clintons, Obama. They all did that. Just mm-hmm. this last guy didn't. Yeah. So I, it may yeah. t- after four years, it may take some time to get used to hearing, you know, President Biden and Vice President Harris talk mm-hmm. with until eloquence and tell blah, blah, blah. And a guy replied to me. Uh, let me see it. You may want to. You may want to learn Mandarin as our country gets sold to China before he's deemed unfit by Nancy. The plan is in place. Wow. Really? What? <laughs> oh, that is just, <laughs> that's just, I, there's, you can't say, well, you know, the, okay, well, you know, no, that's stupid. You just got to ignore some comments. Yeah. Because well, yeah. I, I put up the ha ha uh, emoji. <laughs> just, that's um, just dumb. I mean, you know, I, I, I ventured onto the, the comment section of a DNC article yesterday. And I did it with the, the understanding of, of, of how it felt the last time I did it earlier this last week. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm just, I made the offhand comment. I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to get bombed for this, but let's just see what happens. I make the offhand comment to the effect of this is why the education department needs to be rebuilt and supported because the level of, of ignorance and stark stupidity is is just unreal. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm about to get hit. No, I got something like a hundred likes. The, <laughs> the DNC may be better than like channel 10s comments. Channel. T- yeah. Oh. I noticed 13s are bad. Eights are bad, but yeah. 10s are the worst. The people yeah. who watch 10 are like, what the hell's wrong with you? To the point where Nikki Rudd, who works for channel 10 mm-hmm. replied to me about how she can't read the comments yeah. the, <laughs> where she works. Oh, <sighs> I can't even imagine. That's, Can't even imagine. And, you know, and, and here's the thing that, you know, most of us have to be very realistic about this. This is the first step in the right direction, but there is going to be a lot of work to do. It's a long road. It is going to be a long, be a road, long road. And I don't even think Biden's presidency is going to be enough, you know, to restore everything that, that we've dealt with. 
You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's it, even if he's one term steps down, he just opened the door to make sure that people of sanity can actually get into the process again, you know, yeah, for 24. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it, we, it's not just getting back to where we were, but we got to get back to a place. We got to get to a place where that's better. Right. You know, right. I mean, so it was, we were on the road before we got majorly sidetracked and now we got to get back find our way back to where we were and then yeah. keep on moving down to and where keep, we then to keep go. moving in the right direction instead of stopping and going in the wrong one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of, of putting the work in. And, and, and I'm hoping that as I had mentioned a moment ago, we had more people vote in this election than ever before, you know, that those people understood the power that they brought to the table. We were able to stop a fascist dictator, want to be in his tracks and show him no. the damn door. Now, uh, so much of it was, I mean, so mail-in voting, you know, the whole, you know, mm-hmm. do we need to re- find a better way to vote? Well, we always do. I mean, even even for 30 years, that conversation has been going on. Yeah. And as far as technology is concerned, I went and I voted in person. As I had mentioned, I was going to, mm-hmm. um, you know, in a previous recording because I had heard rumors that several people who would want people of my opinion to not make it to the pe- the, the the polls were going to be around to influence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'm going in person. Cause I'm going to deal with these people face to face. I'm, I'm combative. If in case you never figured that out, really? I don't, I will, I'm shocked. I will fly in the face <laughs> of bullies. I do it all the time. I'm happy to. Um, but in, in honesty, there was one person standing outside the polls. He was representing a, um, a democratic uh, candidate. Uh, he was outside the the maximum or the minimum distance that you had to be he had a lawn chair and a sign and a shirt and he was just keeping an eye on things and then when i went to go talk to him he's like i just wanted to see how, i'm basically here to make sure that nobody like crowds don't show up and if crowds show up i'm supposed to like call so and so and so and so i'm like okay cool do your thing i said mm-hmm. you're outside the minimum distance he said yep i said good man do your thing and then i went into the building where my polling place was and i was out in Two minutes forty-five seconds. Nice. Yeah, and two Sundays ago, Susan and I waited for about an hour. Almost sounds like the early voting lines were longer than the day of voting lines. Yeah, it's yeah, funny because so many people were voting early because of the, mm-hmm. the, the thought. It, it's fine. I, I no, I, I talked before about. It. I write up the blog for Record Archive, mm-hmm. and during it, like I stopped about halfway through to take a walk. And then, so during the blog, I, I wrote intermission. Then I came back <laughs> and I go, what did you do during your break? I took a couple hours to go for a walk, get some fresh air and exercise, listen to a podcast or two and do some thinking. I also took the opportunity to twice stroll past my regular polling place to see what was going on. Turns yep. out not too much. Just a small orderly line both times I looked at the local church gathering the votes in my neighborhood. Out of an abundance of caution, my wife and I voted early last week. Even though things were way less hectic uh, than we thought they'd be, I'm glad we got taking, got it taken care of early. After all, who could predict what was going to happen? Well, now that I've conducted extensive research in the 10 square blocks surrounding my house, <laughs> I can project that there won't be any trouble regarding voting anywhere in the United States. <laughs> I'm assuming this also means that there won't be any controversy surrounding the results. What a relief. There you go. <laughs> nice right up. That's good. That is good. And that's the thing though, is, is, is we were warned ahead of time. And, and unfortunately I was just so tired. 
on election night itself that I didn't take the moment to step back and take a breath. It, it affected me and I, I lost sleep election night and I was I had a rough day on, on Wednesday. But we were warned ahead of time, at least I was, of what was being termed the red mirage. Because for the entire year, the current president told his followers he doesn't have supporters. He has followers. Do you think Jim Jones had supporters anyway? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he told his followers the entire year. You have the mail-ins rigged, mail-in is rigged, mail-in is rigged. This is rigged. This is rigged. Even though he was the one actively working on undermining the ability for mail-in votes to be counted. Okay, fine. Take that aside. You know, his entire base was being pushed to show up at the polls, go physically to the polls. It'll be fine. Get to the polls. People responded to that. Whereas folks who were keeping an eye on the coronavirus and its ebb and flow, which by the way, it's flowing right now, um, you know, it, it, they were they were more cautious and they were like, okay, we have this option to mail in our ballot. My neighbor next door who I share a driveway with and do not share a political affiliation with, he mailed his in. Uh, we, we share we share an equal um, view on who should be president, thank God, um, but, but he took advantage of that. Great. That's, that's, you know, that's your right. That's your, it's a, that's a do thing for you. Um, and so what happens is that mail-in vote votes cannot be counted until election day. People are like, well, why is that? Why couldn't they just gotten it done with so they can re- release everything? Do you think stuff like that can be kept quiet? Do you nope. think stuff in this, in this day and age, do you think a vote count of this magnitude can be kept secret? The answer is, as Tanya just said, is no, it's not possible that would influence election day right the mail-in votes would encourage other people to vote in other way it's you're not going to be able to vote your conscience you're going to be like oh well this trend is happening i'm going to follow that trend or i have to fight that trend okay so and and i believe several states have it in their laws that mail-in votes cannot be opened until election day so that all votes are being counted starting on election day yeah that's something that's something I did look up. It says when can the absentee ballots and the mail-in ballots be uh, counted um, for their particular states. Right. And um, some were able to start like October 27th, mm-hmm. but some didn't even start until after the polls closed on November 3rd. Mm-hmm. And some won't even start until November 16th. Which that seemed really late. Well, well yeah, they were also think, waiting for military ballots to arrive. Right. Yeah, but the thing is because you have start, yeah. Right. You have the soldiers so, overseas and you want to give them an opportunity to have their voices heard. Right? As long as it was postmarked by November 3rd, mm-hmm. then um that vote would be counted. Cuz that's something I did look up when my students mm-hmm. were um at work talking about blah 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 and I'm like, "Listen, this is what happens in regards to the mail-in votes the mail-in vote can be sitting in i'm like and then i'm like say i did a mail-in vote and then i ended up going and voting in person they have to check the rolls to ensure that there's not a double vote and that's going to take time every state Uh, has mechanics to avoid stuff like that happening right so i'm like every state but it takes time yeah I'm, I'm like that's the one thing that people are like oh blah 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 i'm like no i'm like it takes time to right. do it. And we're so instant gratification generation, right? We're so used to having what we want given to us at the drop of a hat. You know, we want, you know, it's, it's, a, it's amazing to me. I mean, my own personal frustration of having to sit more than five minutes in the McDonald's line waiting for my drive through work. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just as guilty of it. You want to see your, your, the result of what you 
do right there. And, and you would think that because of technology, we should be able to get everything we want at the snap of a finger. Well, some things still have to be done the old fashioned way. And if you want them done right, they have to be done carefully. Now, as far as those who say the election was rigged and that the ballots were stuffed and all that stuff, I want to point you at Georgia. All right. Georgia has a Republican governor who is well documented. He committed voter repression, oppression to get his seat. All right. You have a Republican state legislature in, in Georgia and your elections commissioner, who, by the way, in my personal opinion, is the one Republican who has the single most uh, integrity and professionalism that I have seen in a very long time that I don't know the gentleman's name off the top of my head. Um, and, but I should learn it because I've heard him speak on a couple of occasions and this guy, this guy was dyed in the wool, the best person for his job. And, and I respect him, even though we have differing political ideologies, he's a Republican. He uh, is the elections commissioner of Georgia and he's on record as saying, yep, I voted for the current president, but then he also went on and I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't say it as eloquently as he did. He goes, I have a job to do. And that job is to make sure it's, uh, that this is done with integrity and professionalism, and I'm going to count every single vote that came in within the the, the parameters during the datelines and every, and I'm going to make sure that every voice is heard, no matter what the result is. And he did, and Georgia flipped blue. So even with all of that Republican backing, all of that, all of that, those stars lined up for the current president's favor. You have people who sat, spoke up, and said, "This is going to be what we say," and they were heard. And, and, and here's another thing. Here's another caveat. If we really were going to rig the election to make sure that Biden won, do you really think I would leave Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell still standing? Oh, my gosh. Mitch, Mitch McConnell's got to go. I'm sorry. Oh, he is the he's he's a worse human being than the current president, in my opinion. The fact that he won't move. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he, he he's famous for stonewalling for not he doesn't like it. He's just not going to do it. Kind of mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, that's just so, uh, oh my, it, it drives me bonkers. Maybe the zombie virus that turned his hands purple will get him. <laughs> <laughs> he is just, I, I just, I don't get it. And <sighs> so if you think I'm going to rig an election just to get the presidency and to lose seats in the house and to not get rid of Lindsey Graham and not get rid of Mitch McConnell and not get rid of Ted Cruz, even though he wasn't up for election, I'd find a way to do it. Um, <laughs> You know, that's yeah. just, we, we, it's we, ridiculous. We didn't rig it very well then, did yeah. we? I know, seriously. <laughs> I had a vote over a dozen times just to make sure three of them counted. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, thank you, Billy. I'm telling oh, you, my God, the boy. work we would have to put in. <laughs> I liked my joke. That was a good one. <laughs> I liked it. Oh, so, boy. What uh, if I told you that the left wing and the right wing belong to the same bird? I've seen that meme. You, it's usually yeah. got that... Um, that uh, Native American gentleman in yes. the background. Yes. And it's so true. The left yes. wing and the right wing are the same freaking bird. I wish we would learn that. I mean, that's oh. the thing is, is I'm just... being dick. I'm, I'm being dinged now lately because I've been so adversarial this week. Okay. Well, um, excuse me, but I'm doing a complete response to the way I've been treated for the past four years. And is it right? No, but I think it's slightly justified too. And I'd like it that when the dust settles, people start kind of like, talking again there's a gentleman who i i ran into on somebody else's thread and he friended me on facebook um and it's very clear he supports the current president i support the president-elect right and 
it's never been sarcastic between the two of us. He made a statement. I made a counter statement. He actually took my information, looked it up, saw that I was right, said, hey, you know what? You've taught me something today. I'm going to change my opinion on that. And I went, holy f- F word. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the speaker button? I'm going to drop it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it blew my mind. I'm not on speaker turned... anymore, Chris. Yes, and then he turned around <laughs> and yeah, I know. Seriously, that's the funny part. And then, um, <laughs> and then he turned around and friended me on Facebook. And yes, we diff- we disagree, and we are not changing each other's minds, and we accept that. But we have actually talked on a couple of occasions, and holy cow, that gives me hope that that is possible. Right. Well, the whole thing is talking and listening, which exactly. I said at the start of this president, you know, start of, you know, the 45's presidency here. That mm-hmm. If he was just like, would talk and listen, or just listen more than he would talk, mm-hmm. then maybe things could get done. But all he does is talk. All he does is talk because, mm-hmm. because here's the thing. Listening means that somebody would have to change his opinion about himself. We all need to listen, listen, right. not just really hear, listen. Yeah. And just, but anyway, but, um, I do want to throw this out there because this gentleman, his name is Robert Fitch. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't remember what state he is. He's definitely south of me at this point. But I just want to say thank you. I, I know that he and I have, have sparred a little bit over the past few days. And but I respect him because he's never made it personal. And I respect the fact that he's he's opposite of me, but he's willing to listen and he's willing to talk. And, and I think that's where it starts. You know, mm-hmm. if, if we have more uh, more relationships like his and mine where we don't have to agree, uh, you know, but at least we understand and take a moment to step, stop and think. Uh, so I have an utmost amount of respect for this gentleman, even though some of the things he says really makes my blood boil at times, but I'm able to stop and go, okay, he's talking to me. He's not talking at me. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like over the house several years that I've been on Facebook, if I say something, I know I'm going to get pounded by two people in particular, you know, <laughs> and it's going to be just relentless gaslighting. Uh, no, this is different. And, and I'm able to, respect this gentleman. So I'm giving him a big shout out, even though he'll probably never listen to the podcast. But if anybody ever sees Robert Fitch, finds out that he's a mutual friend of mine on Facebook, it's that guy. He's cool in my book. So well, Send him a link to the podcast after this. I will. <laughs> I will. He's cool in my it, book. Spread it out to all the different places. And, yeah, and from what I can tell from his pictures, he's an expert fisherman. So kudos on you, because that's a skill I never learned. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. So... Um, so what should we talk about today on our podcast? Chris? Well, it, it leans in, this leans into what we were talking about because a few days ago, you okay over there, Tanya? Yep. I'm the one who's supposed to be falling apart today. Not you, dear. It's my turn. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, so this leads into what we were talking about because we were having a discussion of, of fictional presidents um, the other day. And, you know, as we're geeks, we like our movies and our TV shows. Um, we're going to be chatting about fictional presidents from the likes of uh, Jed Bartlett of the, uh, the West Wing to, um, to James Marshall. Collins. James Marshall. Uh, who, who's James Marshall now? Which one was that one? Was that Air, Air Force, Force One? one. Mm-hmm. Yep, Harrison Ford's character. And, and then we have Bill Pullman's character in Independence 4, or Independence Day, ID4. <laughs> My new favorite one from a movie none of us have seen yet. Yes. <laughs> Just by the name alone. And that was Terry Crews, right, who played that character? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. From, from Idiocracy, what's the name? Oh, where is it? I'll have um, President Dwayne Alonzando Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. <laughs> from Idiocracy. Com- com- yes. From the mind of Mike Judge. Yeah. So we're going to have some chats about the presidency, um, what we have gleaned from it over the years, what we, a, a vision of it that we have seen in fiction, um, what we would idealize it to be, uh, and, uh, and, and what we hope it never is. 
Mm-hmm. I would say, is Luke Wilson in that movie too? Yeah, Luke Wilson is in is Idiocracy. That who that is? Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, he's the hero character in Idiocracy. He's the average guy who ends up being smarter than the entire country. So, uh, and and Dax Shepard plays his his uh, his the buddy he makes along the way. <laughs> so, uh, okay, who's got the cat that's meowing? Me. That's not me. That's Oliver. Oh, Oliver wants to go upstairs. Oh, I was right. going to say Oliver wants it's something. Good time, time for a break then. This is a great time for a break. So we're going to take a quick break. Oliver's going to go upstairs. I'm going to answer a quick. Um, Facebook message from our our beloved James Irish, and uh, and then when we come back, we're gonna say hey. Oh, and and of course, Kevin Klein's Dave will be part of the conversation because hail to the chief. He's the one we, all, the say one we all say hail to. <laughs> oh boy! All right, guys, we'll be right back. I'll see you out there, sir. You asked the governor to stand down the twenty second division. And call in the Red Cross. We didn't do anything illegal. You're not involved in any massive criminal conspiracy. There's no way I was letting them go, and we needed to help China save face. So now they can tell their people that the mighty American military was overpowered by. Yeah. So the guy passed the test, huh? You think I would have sent him back if he'd failed catechism? Let me tell you something. We can be the world's policemen. We can be the world's bank, the world's factory, the world's farm. What does it mean if we're not also? They made it to the new world, Josh. You know what I get to do now? I get to proclaim a national day of Thanksgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, President of the United States. This is a great job. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes, and all points in between. Everybody's having a great day so far. Um, so hail to the chief, the presidency, the uh, the age old uh, at this still at this time, he who shall be at the top of the the food chain when it comes to the the highest office in the land. I'm looking forward to saying they because we have a she in in, the, in there eventually. I'm thinking I'm thinking the she president, the, the madam president is is a thing that's going to just happen now. It's a given, you know, with with uh, you know Hillary Clinton getting as close as she did, and now with Kamala Harris being our vice president elect, it's just a matter of time at this point before you see that that last glass ceiling in the United States kind of start cracking and breaking finally for all as it well it should um but the presidency has been long sought after long uh idolized long written about and uh, in recent in recent decades you see a lot of fictional presidents that have stepped forth to lead our country through various situations um and i think the one that really draws our attention the most uh, would be like, uh, oh God, I can't think of the actor's name right now. Oh, let me look it up real quick. But it was the, uh, the actor in Superman two who, um, who E.G. Marshall, E.G. Marshall. Thank you, Billy. Mm-hmm. I knew I could lean on you for that one. Um, you know, and E.G. Marshall played the president and had that great conversation with Superman. Um, also you've had several great presidents, um, Morgan Freeman, played the president in the uh, deep impact mm-hmm. uh, Harrison Ford, Bill Pullman has played the president. Uh, 
Kevin Klein, which we'll get into because I thought was just a fantastic movie and a it, it, you know a really far out premise, but a fantastic movie in the overall. Uh, Terry Crews, we're going to touch on as we talked about in the um, in the opening segment, and uh, several several others. Uh, so, for for first impressions, I would like to go to Bartlett for America. Uh, mm-hmm. Jed Bartlett, uh, Martin Sheen, who played the part for seven years on the the, the storied uh, Aaron Sorkin vehicle, The West Wing. Uh, I, I, Billy was was Jed Bartlett the ideal? Is he the guy like that's the president we've always wanted, always wanted to see? He is the idealized version. I mean, him and his administration still made their share of mistakes. Mm-hmm. But they don't up to them. They showed mm-hmm. sort of the fictional behind the scenes of tough decisions that had to be made. Uh, it's such a great show. Him and, and the people that played his staff, like Allison Janey, Bradley Whitford, Rob Lowe, uh, John Spencer. It, it An amazing cast, an amazing, like I said, idealized version. It's what you want our government to be. Uh or at least what I certainly would, and and hope even like it, they didn't always or hardly ever agreed with the other side. They, they never said that Bartlett was a Democrat or who, but you you just assumed by the the politics, uh, and in the last season, you know Bartlett was still president, but it followed the plot mostly followed the campaign of uh, the two people running to take his place because Bartlett had had, uh, run both of his terms. So he had Jimmy Smits as uh, Santos and Mm -hmm. Alan Alda as Vinnick. Right. And I would have taken either. Yeah. Vinnick was the the Republican we've been wanting to see, the Republican who stuck to the issues, stuck to the core of what it meant. And I say that in past tense, what Mm -hmm. it meant to be Republican. And even though I didn't agree with, with... him all the time there's Mm -hmm. that debate episode where yeah i could take either of these guys right now that they're both good gentlemen and no they believe differently but they're they're good guys Mm -hmm. and good politicians so uh, yeah i think anyone associated with the presidency on west wing well no uh, tim uh who played Vice President Hoynes and Tim Matheson. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he had the sketchy behavior. John Goodman had that run where mm-hmm. Bartlett was incapac- incapacitated. Yeah, and you know he was he played the, the bad of the guy. House. Yeah, but even he was not he, so much the bad guy, but just an adversary. Yeah, you know that's the kind of. And I think that was one of the great things about it is I mean they did feature the personalities that we have to deal with today. You have you they did deal with the extremist personalities in the government, but they also painted a lot of the people in power as having integrity, having good sense, <clears throat> just differing views. And I think that was one of the great things about the West wing mm-hmm. is that they, they didn't just bring up the opposition to brush them off. They brought up the opposition and gave them a serious hearing, you know, and mm-hmm. I thought that was a great thing to do. You bring them up and you're like, okay, here is the reality of this. And here is what they really kind of adhere to. And, and then, you know, yes, the, the generalizations and the, the high-charged emotional aspects of it, they would get tossed around to make sure that people were aware that this is what it really is. Yeah. Let's let's do this petty shit 
and and talk about it as petty shit. And then people will see that this is really the petty. The real stuff is underneath. You got to get through the petty and get to the underneath. And, you know, after Hoynes resigned, they went mm-hmm. through the, the sort of plot line where Bartlett had to pick not who he really wanted, but someone who would be more acceptable to the people. You remember mm-hmm. uh, Gary Cole's character? What'd they call oh, him? Yeah. Um, wishy-washy Bob or Texas yeah, Bob um, or something like that. Uh, I can't remember. They, because was he was like, he had like a folksy, like yeah, he had like a folksy charm. He wasn't yeah. the smartest politician in the world, but people liked him. Yeah. And he would be acceptable to both sides. And then he had his own machinations and it was amazing how quickly they disappeared when people were like, no, we don't take you seriously. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh now, of, uh, we're going to talk about more presidents that we see in, in literature and, and uh, film and TV. And at the end, uh, I think we should just have an unofficial election and mm-hmm. which president we would we would want to see of all the ones we talk about today. And why do I have a feeling it's going to be Camacho? But anyway, <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, where was I in my thought pattern? Okay, so let's talk about a couple of the other ones. We, 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 I brought out Jeb Bartlett because he is really my ideal. I love that show so much. I love it when the president speaks and talks about, you know, understanding everybody and doing what he felt was the best for everybody. He didn't isolate. He didn't marginalize. He didn't push them off to the side. He, he as he said in one of his, um, one of his speeches, I think it was during the reelection campaign arc. Uh, he's like, I'm the president of the United States, not just the president of the people who like me, you know. And yeah. uh, so that's always been one of those benchmark things that I've always looked for in a candidate, you know. And we saw that in this cycle, and we won't go too deeply into that. Um, but let's pick another president to talk about right now. Should we go with uh, James Marshall from Air Force One? Sure. Let's let's do that. Um, who who of the four of us have seen that movie? I know I have. I have. I have. Okay. Tell me about. Okay. It. Uh, it's a, basically, it's a premise to put action hero Harrison Ford, uh, when he was still in his, his fairly good prime, into a diehard type of a situation. Air Force One is aloft. It is hijacked by, by terrorists, led by Gary Oldman. And, uh, and it's basically, uh, it's diehard in the air right now <laughs> it is right? Uh, it's that's basically what it boils down to and, and now you find out that you know you, you get the the lacings of well the president was in the um he was in the military in his youth uh he he was in this particular war he was in this conflict so you're setting up the fact that he has all these great skills yes and then he goes to town uh and you know spoiler alert the president wins. Okay. So, and, and he's got a couple of great one-liners along the way as you're supposed to. I mean, really you could have put Arnold Schwarzenegger into it and have gotten the same effect, but Harrison Ford is cooler and easier to understand. So the thing that one of the lines get off my plane, right? That's the big dramatic climax, the big fight scene between the president of the United States and the head terrorist in the tail Gary, end of yeah. Gary Oldman in the tail end of the plane with the ramp down because Air Force One suddenly has a ramp out the back <laughs> and uh, and somehow or another um, this this is I, I'm sorry I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy this movie for you Billy but you're gonna be able to watch it and still be entertained by it yeah I'm sure um, mm-hmm. no spoilers the movie's what 20 years old yeah, 1997 like yeah 23 <laughs> yeah. So at one point there is a fight over a parachute because Air Force One is going to go down, and 
they wrap the 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 the, the ripcord around Gary Oldman's neck. He pops the parachute and then says, get off my plane and lets him go. <laughs> so, so Gary Oldman is being pulled out by, by the parachute that is now open behind a jet plane, uh, doing a whole DB Cooper thing, but the other line is still attached to the plane itself. So when he gets into the middle, of course, his neck gets snapped and then the line gets released and his dead body goes floating off into the dark. So <laughs> it's like, okay, this happened. <laughs> Something tells um, me there'd be a federal investigation. Yeah, something about that, you know. But it's it. I thought it was great because it's your it's your tough guy character. You, you do they? I don't know. Even think they really kind of established what party the the president's with. But I don't think it's really a political thing. It's more it of was, an it action wasn't a, movie. It wasn't the point of it. Didn't really. Matter. Yeah, it was not. It was more. Of, it was not a policy issue. It was more of an action hero, you know, trope kind of a kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. So die hard. I mean, an action movie in the air. Yeah. 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 And, and there are there there is not an escape pod on the real Air Force One. Now, now so it's funny because I'm reading the on the Wikipedia. It says. President Bill Clinton saw the film twice while in office and gave it good reviews. Uh-huh. He noted that certain elements of the film's version of Air Force One, such as the escape pod in the rear parachute ramp, did not reflect the features of the actual Air Force One. <laughs> Parentheses, though since many Air Force One features are highly classified and need to know, these features cannot be completely ruled out. In the audio commentary, Wolfgang Peterson mused that although the real plane did not have those features at the time of the filming, they would probably be added by future governments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should have had Samuel L. Jackson play him. Get these mother effing terrorists off my oh, mother effing plane. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been done. the part was written almost anybody could have done it yeah yeah i mean, I mean it's it cool really that it was a harrison ford because i like to see him in action he's, he's got that dry delivery um what's that what am i hearing no, oh it's um, tyler yeah he's asking me a question yes history later okay got it go bye he was whispering it so that's what he was he was being a little more respectful in regards to was he whispering well, in, in your ear right where the microphone is yes no he was a couple he was about two feet away but he really was i'm like what what <laughs> no he's got a history quiz that he's got to take today so. it's all in the past so don't worry about it yeah no kidding yeah which i think he's uh talking about the vietnam war i think that's what section he's in right now so i see the thing is he's like chris he likes history Ugh. it's it's fun it, you know, yeah. you look at all the stories. You you learn things about how people behaved and how they acted and how they saw the world, and it's amazing to to see just how how vibrant everything was. I mean, that's why know, I stopped my pre law classes because <laughs> of all the history courses in order oh, to become a lawyer. See. Oh, you know, if you knew me back then, I would have gotten you through it. Oh God, yeah. are there like English and history people and math and science people? Because I'm on the English history side myself. Yeah. I, I wonder if that is that is a thing. That's it, something we would have to talk about going forward. It's weird forward. because I'm I'd an love um, to be a math science person, but I just have no head for it. I'm an English math person. Mm-hmm. You are. It's true. I've so, seen that in action, and, and so, I have faith in that skill. Yeah. So I have an English degree and uh, a special education degree, but I teach math. So because I math have a head. Math is always my subject. I, depending on what it is, it's my it's my strong point. I mean, geometry. Anyways, yeah. Well, I got a D in calculus, but I took it my freshman year at Nazareth at Monday, Wednesday, Friday, eight o'clock in the morning. What the hell was I thinking? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. 
I need a little help with that. But yeah, so uh, Harrison Ford in Air Force One and Bill Pullman in Independence Day are my two favorite presidents. Bill so. Pullman was, you know, I think it was an interesting character because it showed a president who was out of his depth, probably not going to win re-election, right? And and this comes along and it, it was right in his, his personal wheelhouse. And so it gave him an opportunity to feel, you know, like he he had the ability to do something positive. And, um, you know, it was just, it was a perfect setup for him. And it was, I thought it was a great, there was almost like a small redemption arc for the president, as well as other people uh, who were having their stories being told in this, in this tale. You had Jeff Goldblum's character that was kind of marginalized. He had marginalized himself as his father's, uh, character would, would point out, but he had kind of sold himself short and made himself comfortable because he didn't want to rise above what was going on. And then you had <clears throat> Will Smith's character uh-huh. who wanted to uh, wanted to be more than he was, but was never getting very far in it. So it gave him an opportunity to rise above. You know, you had everybody had this opportunity to rise above what was going on around them. And I thought that was a great, you know, it, it's a trope to be sure, especially in an action movie. But I, I liked mm-hmm. watching that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so, and, and even Randy Quaid, yeah. <laughs> who speaks positively of Randy Quaid anymore these days, but still in that particular movie, you see him. He did a cute good, especially at the end there. You know, exactly. He, uh... Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so so you have that working for you, and then Bill gets that opportunity for that great speech just on the on the eve of the battle itself, and it's it's a speech that's often quoted, you know, and often referred to and often repeated, you know. So it's it it's it's a fun movie, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know. It's it's great uh, for it has moments, and I think that's what makes. Uh, a great movie is the moments. I mean, if you have a good story, that's one thing. If you have great effects, that's one thing. If you have a couple of good actors, that's one thing. But if you have to have those moments to solidify and tie it all together. It's funny. I saw that movie a couple times at the theater and I haven't seen it since. And now I definitely want to revisit it because I must've liked it enough to go at least twice to the theater. So, and, but I haven't seen it since. And now, wow, I want to watch that again. And, and, uh, we saw the, um, Sequel, Independence Day Resurgence. God, I forgot. Was the sequel? I watched that. I don't remember it now. Yeah, <laughs> it must not have left that big of an impression. <laughs> I saw it in um when it came out and when we were in Florida. Mm-hmm. So in it, like it definitely July. didn't match up. To the, definitely didn't match up with the original. I mean, no, I heard that they rarely do, but you know. Yeah. But it, but it was you check your brain at the door and just mm-hmm. enjoy it for another. Uh, yeah, uh, not, something I'd, not something I wanted. To, I'd rush out to see again, though. I don't think because mm-hmm. I, I didn't didn't leave that big of an impression on me. Even you know, you check, even checking my brain. Um, but, but yeah, but the first one, definitely yeah. I watched it again. Rotten Tomatoes only gave it thirty percent. Oh, ouch! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ouch! Whereas Independence Day, Rotten Tomatoes gave it sixty-seven percent. So. Uh-huh. So let's see. We've gone from. Uh, Wait, does that mean West that Wayne? if you watch them both together, it's a hundred percent? No, it's only ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. I told you I wasn't a math person. Close <laughs> <laughs> well, to hundred. It depends if you round where you're rounding. Do you round yeah, up to the nearest tenth? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh boy! Hold on, oh, I gotta find a toy to distract this dumb cat with. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oliver's joining our uh, podcast today. He's being very vocal on presidents. Let's see. Hang on a second. What's, what's Oliver's favorite president? President Cheese. Mm. I'm especially partial to Cheese. Oh boy. And 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 have you ever noticed that movie presidents tend to have such really cool names? Tom Whit- Thomas Whitmore for for Bill Pullman's character. You know, J- uh, James Marshall. You know, uh, was. What's, How about oh God, Michael Douglas's character in an American president, which is one of my favorite movies, Shepard, James uh, Shepard, Andrew Shepard, Andrew Shepard. Okay. How about President Merkin Muffley? Hell? <laughs> Peter what Sellers and Dangerous Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Oh that's a God. great, great movie. That is fantastic. Merkin classic. Muffley. Oh Merkin Muffley. <laughs> Wow, if that's not a very... If I was to have another kid, I'd name him Mer- Merkin, Merkin Muffley. <laughs> and Merkin Muffley's security detail for the social, for the, the Secret Service would be headed up by Pussy Galore. <laughs> Good well. God, y'all. Well, you know what a Merkin is, Dan? Come on. <laughs> yeah, you may not want to name your next kid Merkin. Yeah. Uh, there's not going to be a next kid. So yeah. I, I mean, well, there you go. There's that, too. So. There's that. Now I have to look up and see what Merkin means. Uh-oh. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Why did I even read that one now? Uh, my eyes need to be bleached. You have to, you're educating yourself. It's good. You're, 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 you're expanding your boundaries. You have to learn at least one new thing every day. So <laughs> All I can say is that right now I wish President Bush was a fictional president. There you go. Thank you. Merkin Bush. Merkin Muffley, President Bush, and Pussy Glory. They're all get together. It's going to be fun. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's pure agony right there. I got to tell you that right there. That that sound gives just, that's better than a Wilhelm scream. That's, that's We've gone agony. downhill fast here. Oh, God. I, and, you know, I'm just like looking at the different names and I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. <laughs> Not knowing what I just walked myself into. Uh. <laughs> Damn, it's like playing cards against humanity all over again. That's good. Oh, oh, my face is red. Okay. What are some other presidents? Mackenzie (laughs) Allen. Who's Mackenzie Allen? Gina Davis and Commander-in-Chief. Gina Davis and Commander-in-Chief. Nice. Okay, cool. I I do not watch that. I I haven't either. How long long did it? It was only one year. One season? One season. Yep. Elected as vice president, she's sworn in as America's first female president after the president suffers a stroke. She accepts the role despite being urged to resign by members of the inner circle. Right. I remember watching that first episode. Hmm. Did, did any of you watch 24? Yes. I have not. See, I love 24. It's, you know, But the funny Indeed. thing is, I was just looking at a website that lists all the presidents 24 had. Some mm-hmm. of them I don't remember at all. And I was a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. Some of them I remember very vividly. You yeah. know, uh, President Palmer, the first. Uh, David Palmer. Yeah, yeah, he was he was something. Dennis Haysbert from uh, the Allstate commercials. And, and some <laughs> of them were. And, and it was interesting because they had some presidents were tainted and some were you know good and yeah. so they mm-hmm. went back were there like three of them over the course of the show no I, they no. Got, there was the the one that 
uh, President Palmer took over for Harold mm-hmm. Barnes, uh, mm-hmm. then President James Palmer, Pres- then uh, President Prescott, who okay. uh, when uh, President Palmer had like a an illness. Or he, Members it, invoked the 25th Amendment to remove Palmer from office. Which was very easy in 24. It happened at least a few times over the course <laughs> of the series. And we've learned recently that it's not that easy. But, um, you know, President John Keeler, Keeler. then Logan, who was phenomenal. He was the evil guy. But he, yeah. President Logan was one of the best characters in the history of that show. He looked like Nixon, too, <laughs> which made him the per- the perfect bad guy. Uh, President and Hal Gardner. Um, Wayne Palmer. Wayne, yeah. That's because the, the late bro- bro- brother always gets uh, elected. Yeah. Uh, For some reason. Noah, Noah Daniels. Daniels. Powers Booth was great. At- Boy, that, I didn't realize there were so many of them. Jeez. Yeah. Then Terry uh, Jones is. Uh, Allison Hal- Taylor. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Who was how many how many seasons was twenty four? Uh, eight. At least eight. Yeah. Eight, eight plus so eight of was, Keith or yeah. Sutherland's worst days of his life. Yeah. And there's nine eight seasons and nine presidents. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Plus there was that uh season without without um Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. You know, right, one right. from a couple years ago, but they didn't focus on the president uh-huh. in, in that one. And like you said, there's so many presidents, but and only like three or four of them to me are very memorable. Okay. But that show was so good. And just as a follow-up, Susan was recently watching Designated Survivor with mm. Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland. Mm. And I um, want to Kirkman. Yeah. I, I may want to go back because it sounded just as I would listen while she was watching on her computer. It sounded like a twenty-four ripoff, basically. Well, here's the thing. Um, Kiefer Sutherland in, in – oh, by the way, I've learned a little piece of, of, of trivia about Kiefer Sutherland as I was looking up information because I was going to bring up uh, Designated Survivor. Um, Kiefer's full name. Fasten your seatbelts, kids. Kiefer, okay. William, Frederick, Dempsey, George, Rufus, Sutherland. Tell Whoa. me Donald wasn't high when he named his son. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Donald was a bit of a hippie. That's yeah. a lot of names. That's a lot of them. Um, but anyway, I liked – designated survivor because Kiefer Sutherland is known for Jack Bauer. He's known for other action parts. He's known for, you know, David from the lost boys. He's known for young guns. He's known for mm-hmm. getting in there and being three musketeers and, and, and exactly for Athos, you know, so here's Kiefer Sutherland mm-hmm. who's playing somebody who was a fish out of water and you feel it. You feel that uncertainty. You f- and this is a tribute to him as an actor because he doesn't come out of the blocks going, okay, I'm taking over. Everything's great. I'm in charge. He's trying to do the best he can. He makes mistakes. He owns up to them. He's nervous. He has anxieties. He has strength. He has professionalism. He, he does the statesmanship thing, but you also see almost like not, not weakness, but vulnerability in him. And I thought that was a great way to, to buck some trends and to, to, take you off your guard because as soon as you hear Kiefer Sutherland designated survivor, he takes over as the president, you're going to have an expectation. And then he did a great job of dis not throwing that expectation out, but disarming it. And I thought that was, that was just a great way. And and I I fell out of watching the show on a regular basis for the same reason I fell out of show with, you know, fell out with the CW shows. I just didn't have the time. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that I didn't like the story anymore. It's just, I just was having a hard time keeping up with the story. So. There are a lot of shows out there. (laughs) 
It, it's tremendous. I mean, it's it's the whole new paradigm of you don't have three networks, you have three million zillion. networks. You have three million networks and a dozen streaming services on top of that. So it's like, oh mm-hmm. my dear word, I can't keep up anymore. So I, I I have I keep up with Star Trek Discovery and The Mandalorian. I'm good. <laughs> and there's no precedence in either of those at the moment. Um, I have not seen the most recent episode of The Mandalorian, but I heard that the child is naughty. She's not he's he's naughty and also there is a lot of spiders and it was bad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Randy watched it Friday night. He goes I I walked in and he goes I have one word for one phrase for you. The child is naughty. I'm like, okay. And if you couldn't tell that through season one, yeah, then you know I don't know where you are at the moment. But anyway, um, yeah, but you have Tom Kirkman from Designated Survivor, uh, and 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 then I'd mention I hinted at it earlier. You have the Aaron Sorkin movie, uh, The American President, with Michael Douglas and Annette Bening, and you have Andrew Shepard. And I just you know, Amer- the American President came out before The West Wing, and it was great because Martin Sheen is actually in American uh, President as the president's chief of staff. Uh, A.J. McInerney is his character name there. And so you see Sorkin, his writing style, you see hints of what the West Wing will become. You know, if you look at it through hindsight, uh, you see what the West Wing will become through the American president. And and I just loved Michael Douglas's character. I just I just loved him so much. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that's the... And then here comes Jed Bartlett. And I thought it was great. I, I think I'm one of the few people who actually caught it, but somewhere in the middle, just before Eric and Aaron Sorkin left being the showrunner of West Wing, um, there was a throwaway conversation between a couple of the supporting characters, and they made reference to President Shepard, and then they went about their business, and I was like, oh my god, that's so awesome! <laughs> wow! And I was like, that's so great! <laughs> uh, no, I've not seen either one of those. <laughs> They're yeah, me neither. Very nice romantic comedy, along with, you know, just really well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, Michael J. Fox is sort of the George Stephanopoulos character, correct? Yes, he is. Lewis. Yeah. yeah, that and that is a great character, too. And, and it's so cool. He has that speech towards the end where he basically does the whole speak truth to power. He gets in the president's face and tells him off. And, and I thought that was just a great speech, too. And it was just so indicative of, of how, you know, how we how we want to look at the leader of our country. Mm-hmm. So, and do we see these presidents as just foils for uh, vehicles for particular movies, or do we see them as ideals that we would want to see in our leadership, or both, for that matter? Depends on the movie, yeah. You know, that's something to think about. Let's uh, let's hit Terry Crews up, and then we're going to move back to break <laughs> because because we're, we've gone we've gone from one end of the spectrum. Let's run all the way down to the other end of the spectrum and, and surf our way through the, to the end of the segment. Uh, but I, I got to get that name up in front of me again because that name just makes me laugh so freaking hard. President Dwayne. Dwayne. Uh huh. Elizondo. Uh huh. Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho. Camacho. It's pronounced Camacho, Camacho but yeah, we'll Camacho, go with it. Camacho. All right. So I need to find a way to do an idiocracy viewing through our Facebook Live. That's all there is to it. We'll, we'll do a watch party of idiocracy. Because I think it's time that we realize that this comedy actually became a documentary. Ah, oh, reconnect. So, what's is the that on any streaming services these days? I don't Yay! Know. Let's find out. Okay, oh, sorry, I forgot to plug in the computer. Idiocracy streaming <laughs> okay. Netflix. It apparently, no. that looks like it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, not that I see it. I'm here. Oh, hold okay. on. 
Let me open my Netflix. Uh... Yeah, that's what I was just then. It doesn't come up in the search. No? All right, because when I started doing the Google search. Uh, oh, it might, it might have been in there at one time. I'm and... sorry. Okay, it looks like watch Idiocracy Prime Video, Amazon.com. It also looks like it might be on HBO Max. Yeah, it's... it's... Where can I watch Idiocracy streaming? Uh, H HBO. Free trial. It... All right. Yeah. It's out there. So are we, but it's yeah, out there. Amazon is everything, but you got to pay for half of them. So yeah, yeah I know. Well, well, it's on tomorrow on HBO Two East and mm -hmm. HBO Two West. It's on Tuesday on HBO Comedy, Friday on HBO Comedy, Wednesday the eighteenth on HBO Comedy. Uh -oh. I don't have HBO. We so. lost Billy, guys. We lost we Billy. Lost Billy. Uh oh. Like All right, so we're cool. We had a little hiccup there. Yeah. Just a teeny <laughs> tiny bit. I wreck everything. No, it's not your fault. Stop that. All right. So it, we're, we're, go ahead. And it's Tanya. funny. I said, I'm like, oh, did it um, lose power or whatever? Did it, did, was it, was, did it run out of uh, battery life? And then Susan's like, I forgot to plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, remember a couple weeks ago or about a month ago, Anne's um, internet completely dropped. So if, it, if it's not one thing, it's another. It happens so. to us. It really, it's a, it's a thing. It happens. We deal with technology as it comes, right? It's just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this, it's the way of things. We haven't been able to get together in, in quote unquote in studio in quite some time. So it's like, there you have it. But you know what? We're back. And we, we lucked out on this one though. So this we did. We yes. lucked out on this one. That worked out really well. Um, so we were talking, we were going to talk about idiocracy uh, with the, the Mike Judge movie that starred mm -hmm. uh, Luke Wilson as Joe. Was it Joe? Is it Joe? Yeah, Joe Bowers. Yep. And the premise is Private Joe Bowers, the definition of the average American, is selected by the Pentagon to be the guinea pig for a top secret hibernation program. Forgotten, he awakes five centuries in the future. He discovers a society so incredibly dumbed down that he is easily the most intelligent person alive. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Okay. Okay, we're really, we're really going to have to watch this. I, I, yeah, I, I would even go so far as I think we need to see if we can come up with a watch party for this one. But uh, but that would be great um, because who knew that that this this satire would end, eventually become a documentary? <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and then you have a, a Tony a Terry Crews as President Camacho. Uh, and he makes his entrances like a professional wrestler, and he uh -huh. speaks in sound bites and commercialism, you know, and, and advertisements. Uh, and he's dressed like a professional wrestler through the entire movie. But you know, it, he goes in so far. You, if I remember correctly, the story. I have not seen the movie in its, it, but in its entirety. But I've seen bits and pieces. But there comes a point where President Camacho even realizes he is in out of, over his head, and he needs to rely on an expert. Right. So it's not I just because I'm just because I'm limited in my ability to consider things doesn't mean that I have to come up with everything. I, I realize that there is somebody who actually knows what's going on. I should lean on this guy. So, you know, even there's a deferment to expertise, which I think is just something we are missing lately. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting kind of a social commentary on that one. Uh, and, and then. You guys, I know we haven't, we haven't watched the movie in mass, but Billy, I think you've seen it, have you? No, I have not. Oh, I thought, who, has, has none of us seen it? No. None of us no. have seen it. We're okay. funny, we're talking about it. None of us have seen it. So we're talking about it. I mean, I've seen, I've seen bits and I've seen, you've seen the most. I've seen scenes. So that's about it. Um, so yeah. yeah before you logged in this morning, Chris, we were looking at 
<laughs> list, uh, no, an internet list of fictional presidents. Mm-hmm. And that name just struck us all as funny. Gotcha. So that's <laughs> why we're latching yeah. onto it. Wayne, Elizondo, Mountain Dew, Herbert Camacho. <laughs> Plus, I like Terry Crews. If you've never uh, watched Brooklyn oh, Nine-Nine, it's he's a really phenomenal. good show. He is just phenomenal to watch. His enthusiasm for life is just infectious. It's really amazing to watch Terry Crews in action. Um, he just is, he's balls to the wall for everything. And I just was love he that in Pacific him. Rim? Uh, I don't know. If, if he was, he was, oh. he was a uh, cameo. Let me check. Um, maybe not then. I, I might be checking. Terry Crews and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Helpsters, Craig of the Week, Willoughby's, John Henry, Britney Crackdown, Deadpool 2 as Bedlam. Um, I guess not. I don't see Pacific Rim yeah. on the list here. Hulk and the Agents of Smash, The Expendables, mm-hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man. One was Pacific Rim. Yeah. What's that? One was Pacific Rim. I think the first one was in the mid two thousand or the early to mid two thousand. Uh, is gone at already. least past two thousand ten, two thousand twelve. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. see no. it. Okay, I don't see it. Never mind. Boy, this guy has been in a lot of stuff. He he, he must do a lot of voice work. There's a lot of cartoons yes. right. in there. I see a lot of voice work. Yeah, Hulk and the Agents of Smash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been voicing Blade for a lot of the Marvel animations. So very cool. All right, so we're gonna breathe in relief that we saved our episode uh, we're going to take a quick break and we come back and start wrapping up our, our episode here uh and so we'll be right back hail to the chief he he's the one we all say hail, hail to, to. <laughs> oh brother i once caught a fish that was this, this big, big. <laughs> in less than an hour aircraft from here will join others from around the world And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. To exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Is it one, two, three, then pull, throw? Or is it one, one, two... One, one, two, two, three, pull, or one, two, pull, and three. So it's like, I don't know. (laughs) Pull on or pull after. Five. (laughs) Three, sir. (laughs) That one I actually get. There you go. Good job. See, there's hope for you yet. Yeah, well, not much. So there's hope. We, Any hope there's so many presidents we didn't touch on. We had talked about a little, we made reference to Kevin Klein's Dave, which I think is a great, great movie. Um, I haven't seen that one either. Oh, you know what? It's, it's movie that's, fest that's, at my house coming up soon. Then, yeah, 
Idiocracy and Dave, come on. Yep. That's a double feature right there. Okay. And uh, and then, as you guys were mentioning during the break, the presidents that aren't even United States presidents, we can talk about, you know, the president of the Federation in the Star Trek movies. We can talk about President Rosalind in Battlestar Galactica. Um, you know, no. Bebo, Bebo Bebo no. Bebo in, in we'll spend an hour talking about Zephyr. I mean. I think hey, you had your chance on last Wednesday when we had our book club. When when we thank God for Andy that's read it like twenty gazillion times. Hey, because I can't help it if you scheduled book club for the same day as my daughter's birthday. I didn't realize that when we did it that that it just didn't make the connection. It's okay. Still love you guys anyway. Uh huh. So yeah, I have your book in my uh, car. It's yeah, it's definitely falling apart. Well, then I'll I'll bronze I can it or get- something. Yeah. <laughs> You'll put it in a shadow box to preserve it. There you go. Well, you so. still have to finish it, Tanya. Yeah. I, no, I actually have a copy here. Oh, okay. I wasn't reading Chris's copy. I was, uh, Ian was reading Chris's my copy. copy as well. it, my copy, she's actually holding the copy that I bought when I was 15. So that's a 35 year old book that's been read something like 30 times and it's been stored in various places over the years. So, yeah, it's falling apart at the seams. It's a well loved piece of paper and it's a paperback right so it's, it's a, a paperback. Yeah. yeah so they're not expected to last forever no exactly um so yeah there's lots of presidents think of your favorite fictional president and and let us know who you were talking about or who you who you, we missed in the comments as always um maybe the president of um of Gallifrey, the doctor, we can talk mm. about him being a president on a couple of occasions or Lord President Barusa. You know, we can do a Doctor Who kind of chat in that regard. Um, we can talk about uh, President Snow from the Hunger Games. Oh, you know, wow. so there. Yeah, there talk are, about one that's. Uh, yeah, well, especially, especially with the prequel to that book. You've read the prequel and adds a lot more depth to President Snow there. You know, The Hunger Games is a series that I would like to read. I have not done yet. So I know there's a lot that I'm missing in that particular mm-hmm. story. Yeah, I mean, the books are always more detailed than the movies. But I mean, mm-hmm. just, the prequel just added a lot more because it was pretty much about snow. Mm-hmm. So it was just, it added a lot more depth to the characters. Like, huh, interesting. Right. Good deal. Good deal. So. There you have it. That's the thing. It's a very presidential conversation, and uh, and now we're moving towards a uh, a new real presidency, and we're going to see how that story plays out. and uh, And I want let I want to let people know that as much as I I took this current president task on several occasions for the things that he has said and done, I intend to do the same. I will not be a rubber stamp for the next one, and and for every president after that, I will hold them up to a lens, and that's my pledge. As we all should be, we all should be doing that. There, that's that's, our, that's our job as the people, right? You know, keep yeah. Our blind, we are not blind followers. We are participants in this process. And so, if I can get preachy for a moment, be a participant, not a follower, not a supporter. Well, you can support. You can support follower. us. Yeah, just and don't be an athletic supporter. One of my favorite movie quotes is in Greece. Evard yeah. is the principal. Yeah. If you can't be an Maybe athlete, at least be an athletic supporter. There you go. Susan's never <laughs> heard that before. Now she's <laughs> never heard that background. before. You've never heard. You've never seen Greece. No, I have, but I don't remember that line. That's the best. 
I just want to put on the record right now while we're recording that Susan DeTore's laugh is one of the greatest forces of nature on the planet. Other than Susan DeTore being one of the greatest forces of nature on the planet. My God, that was amazing. I just, I can't tell you what a smile that her laugh gives me. That's, that's amazing. Now, now Billy, since we're on the the thing of, of presidents, things Uh like that, did Susan actually like, moderate yes one, she did one of the presidential debates yeah let oh. me get, she just went back to the kitchen let me susan what? come here tell these people about you moderating a presidential de- uh, debate holy bonus action here kids i saw that we've, we've, we've been talking about big presidents for clinton perot and was it here, here uh, let, let me uh give susan earbuds and you talk you guys talk that's amazing what presidential debate did you moderate? Let her get on first. Okay. Okay, I'm on. Hello, Susan. Hi. Hello. You moderated a presidential debate? I did. When it, you were working for CNN back in the day. Yes. And oh my God, actually on my timeline, if you want to go. I, I saw that. I got bitch slapped by a sitting president. Oh my That's word. my claim to fame. 65 million people watched and he was like, now, Susan, I think that's a little bit snappy. I'm- <laughs> which which one was this? Uh, third presidential debate in 1992. Oh my gosh! So it was Bush, Bush, Clinton, Bush, and and Perot. Uh, Perot. Yeah. Wow! Wow! That's awesome. That is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I could admire this woman any more, and then she busts out with that little gem, and I'm like, holy cow! <laughs> I, it's amazing that I was the one that made that connection because I saw it on her uh, timeline this morning. I didn't watch the whole video, but I was like, really? So. Go to one hour in and you can see that's where the, okay. the question is. It's about women and minorities beyond the glass ceiling. Uh-huh. And... Um, <laughs> They were mad. I, I I can't tell you how much trouble I got into oh, wow. because Bush was like, well, we have Margaret Tutwiler. And I'm like, she's a press person. And he's like, rah, 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 rah. I, in the format of the debate uh-huh. that was agreed to was once the moderators ask a question, you weren't allowed any follow-ups. Okay. So you right? didn't follow up. I followed up. I mean, it just burst out of me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you go back and you look at that and the the debate organizers, the campaigns. Let me tell you, the GOP, 20 years afterwards, was mad at me about that. <laughs> Rob Portman, I bumped into him 20 years after the fact. And he goes, you know. That question to Bush was really snotty. And Margaret Tutwiler is still mad at you. And I'm like, oh, my God. 20 years later, man, they can hold a grudge. Well, yeah. But that shows, if you go back and you look at it, Mm -hmm. that shows just how far we have come with political discord. 30 years, yeah. Right? Like, this is so tame, so polite, mm-hmm. so sane. And everybody at the time thought Ross Perot was a lunatic. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. an absolute lunatic. Where if, and, he'd run the, if that race had been run today, he would have won. Um, I... I don't... Uh, no, I don't think he's far enough on the lunatic. Like... Uh... 
And and uh, that's not. <laughs> He's a moderate lunatic. Well, no, no, no. I don't know that this is necessarily a moderate liberal or conservative thing. I'm mm-hmm. talking more about the quality of discourse. Right. Right. Um, Has anyone watched Newsroom, Aaron Sorkin's Newsroom? Yes, I did. Okay. So the the part where they were talking about the elections, Mm -hmm. they were like, I'm on a mission to bring back civility. Like that just really rings true for me. I Mm -hmm. mean, it really does. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think that ship has sailed in a cloud of. Art smell that just is enveloped, certainly this country and possibly the world. Well, I think we can take steps to get out of that cloud. Uh, you know, earlier in this particular recording, we were t- it, 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 during our opening segment, we were talking about real issues going on right now before we jumped into our long segment of talking about fictional presidents. And I made mention, I'm going to give the guy a second shout out. I've made mention along the way, I've made the acquaintance of a gentleman who lives in another state who's on the other side of the fence for me politically. Um, but he kind of poked at one of the things I'd said in another Facebook thread. And I said, well, here's my evidence. He read it. He ignored, he acknowledged it. He changed his opinion because of it. And he said, thank you for telling me that. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So while the two of us will spar from time to time, you know, we've, we've had conversations since then, and he's even friended me on Facebook and we agree that we are on other sides of the fence. We try to listen to the other guy and, and acknowledge the other person and work forward from there. And we don't come with compromises. We're just like, okay, we're just understanding each other. But still, I think it's those, those are the baby steps. Those are the little steps that we're going to Absolutely. take. Absolutely. Forward. And, and, and I praise that. Chris, that is absolutely phenomenal um there are some people on the (laughs) left that don't want that there's exactly on the right that don't want that Mm -hmm. but i'm hoping that the majority of people away from those extremes Mm -hmm. will to begin to have this discourse i'm clearly liberal but yes i want conservatives i want their disagreements i want mm-hmm. their input i want I, I i i don't want liberals or people that i agree with right to be in control of the country i want the diversity of opinion but how do we get to that diversity of opinion if people are like you know what f you i'm out of here it's, or well, it's going to take you, people. I'm just going to scream at you, or right. you know, whatever. I am an admin in a 100,000 strong Facebook group, mm-hmm. and it originally started when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, mm-hmm. and has morphed into a political group. Oh wow! And you know the vitriol from people in the group against Mm -hmm. specifically Trump. It's not necessarily conservatives, Mm -hmm. but Trump and McConnell and Lindsey Graham and, Mm. and just some of the tactics that have been used have riled up people so badly. Well, this is a new day and we have the admin team has, um, been talking about how to handle the comments today mm-hmm. and we're just like listen stop it 
Don't yeah. rub salt in the rooms. Like, right. move on. What are we going to do next? Well, the next things are the two races in Georgia. Um, so there's no longer an obstructionist um, Senate. Although Biden might be able to actually work with McConnell. Um, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, There's I don't no want McConnell to get into really. the woods with like, you know, all this political stuff. Yeah. McConnell's got to work with somebody. <laughs> yeah, he's got to find a way to work with somebody. Somebody has got to be able to get through this guy right. because he's just basically the great brick wall right now. But, you know, I think what it is, and I'm going to move away from this uh, with this. There's an anecdote. I have a cousin who was a chef. And he talked basically vividly. He said, okay, the, think, think the Republicans are a basically a bowl of, of, of chicken stock. And it's as lame as it sounds, just roll with it. You know, right now you've got the, the layer of fat on the top that everybody sees that you don't want it. It's ugly. It's, it's not the way you, it's not what you want, but it's on the top and all the other ones are underneath. You've got to skim the fat off, which is happening, you know, with the current president having been voted out. With people acknowledging, you know, outside of the state of Kentucky, outside of the state of, of uh, North Carolina, South, South Carolina, you know, with McConnell and Graham, they're acknowledging the fact that these guys are detrimental. You skim that off the top. We're going to deal with Proud Boys. We're going to deal with QAnon. We're going to be dealing with all this stuff for generations to come, unfortunately, because they were given legitimacy. But skim that off the top. Underneath, you're going to find people who just have... They have the basic beliefs on how the finances should be worked, how the economy should be worked, how business should be handled. And they don't care about a lot of the social stuff. They don't, they want to see people, you know, happy and healthy, but they'd want certain things done business-wise. Okay, cool. Let's get to that. You know, and, and we have the same thing over on the other side. We have, as you were mentioning, we have people on the left who don't want to be forgiving. They don't want to be open. They want to be left only. We got to kind of get them to, to back off too. We just got to skim that top off. And then you have people like the fellow who friended me on Facebook, you know, and, and, and hopefully I can, my, I know I'm guilty of it myself, but I really want to be the kind of person who can work with. And the American experiment is best when, as you had said, Susan, when all the voices are working in concert, they're not working against each other they're working with you blend the music together all together now with with that chris Mm -hmm. i love your um chicken stock thing (laughs) but as a chef Uh uh-huh the soup is actually better with a little bit of that fat in it yeah, and you're going to need a little bit. And you are right. You are right. And, and it, it lends itself to the analogy where a little bit of that adds the flavor. And, uh, you know, you it get, but right. also it keeps you aware that these fringes exist and it makes sure that you never rest on your laurels and allow them to take power again. You want to keep them in view so that you see them on both sides, left and right. You want to see these fringes and you want to understand they exist and you want to be able to acknowledge their existence, but you don't give them the credence that they take over the whole thing again. Well, and part of this is we need to um, get back to having the ability to do things in this country. Um, And it can't be one side, even Mm -hmm. if it's a side that I agree with, Mm -hmm. that just rams things things through. This Mm -hmm. was the Amy Coney Barrett um, nomination rammed through to the Supreme Court when McConnell, you know, sat on hundreds of judges and Merrick Garland and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that kind of stuff. You can't, which is why, you know, 
yes, I'll be fighting for the two Senate candidates in the runoff in Georgia to flip <laughs> the Senate. But I want I I I want a distribution of power. I I don't actually want us, the liberals, to be able to ramrod things like the conservatives did with Amy right. Tony Barrett. No. I don't want that. And yes, I want it because I would get my way that I think is right. Mm -hmm. But I don't want it because I think it damages mm -hmm. the country and it damages democracy. Yep. I agree. That said, I want the Supreme Court fixed. So. I, I agree with that too. I agree with that too. It's 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 the balance is off right now. It's it's yeah. stilted too 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 to the right, you know. And now I'm I'm happy with Chief Justice Roberts. I was upset with his, his nomination at first, but since then he has proven to be in a very, in my opinion, effective jurist. He's said some things. He's done some things that I've questioned. But you know what? That's because I don't agree with him on stuff. But he always seems to be a reasoned man. And this right? is an interesting thing. Mm -hmm. We. Don't, I mean, everybody's saying um, Amy Coney Barrett is is just going to be a handmaiden and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Once somebody gets on the court, you actually don't know what they're going to do, right? How they're going to vote, what mm -hmm. they're going to, I, you know. So, if you take all the rhetoric out, the, my main problem with Amy Barrett is that she was a judge for all of two years. And right. In my, yeah. in my opinion, that alone. She, I don't feel that she has the experience to be sitting on the highest court in the land. That is it. That's the only thing I'm judging her by. You know, I can look at all and the, the fact rhetoric. that Trump nominated her. Well, there's that is not helping her any. Well, you know, but no, if I take away the rhetoric. Was, I look at the rhetoric. Keep it around here. Hold yeah. on, guys. Yeah. She mm -hmm. was nominated in law school. She was nominated ten years ago. Okay, she was mm -hmm. nominated. She was groomed. She was financed. She was always going to end up as a Supreme Court nominee. Hmm. It was just a matter of time. Gotcha. I understand. I, I understand what you're saying too. And here's the thing: the liberals have to do better about grooming people. Yeah. You know, I we see this in the RBG group. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, no, I don't like you because you want to focus on the Georgia's races. What about climate change? You know, and I I say this joke to Bill. I said, how many liberals does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> an yeah. infinite number you have one person who says here's the light bulb let's change the light bulb and mm -hmm. then you have an infinite number of people who say well you know let's talk about climate change should we be using that light bulb or a different kind of light bulb mm -hmm. well maybe we don't need light bulbs what about candles well mm -hmm. i don't think we should do and on and on and on so yeah. <laughs> you get to the point where nobody changes the light bulb because people can't even agree <laughs> that it's dark <laughs> yeah that's a th oh my god that is so insightful right there susan and thank you um we can keep talking about this forever in a day and i would love to there would I, I want to have an episode where it's basically just i'd like to get susan and like rachel barnard and a whole bunch of other politically minded people in the area and put them on on monkey business and just different views yeah. go for it just you know go what? for it i might i make a suggestion sure danielle ponder mm-hmm She's a local musician who's also a lawyer, very politically minded and, and very, very smart. What was the name again? 
Danielle Ponder. I've heard that name. I don't know if I've met the person yet, but she, I know I've known that name. Her look up her um her band Danielle D A N I E L L E Ponder P O N D E R and the Tomorrow so People. She's fabulous, brilliant. She and the Tomorrow was a public defender here in Rochester, and um, being a lawyer is her backup plan if the music doesn't come through. No, okay. she, she. This sounds like somebody I want to meet. I, she's she's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and um, just. I, wow, I think the world of this woman. So I would love to, she should absolutely be part of this. I'm in. I'm in on that idea. I and hopefully we can, you know, it's, it's now, funny. we're really dumping out of our own our usual waters. We're we're not talking about science fiction or or fiction. This fantasy is very political today. <laughs> we are diving in head first, and I am loving this. This is so cool. But you know, politics really is on top of mind for 150 million Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, as we say at the top of the show, everything is geeky if you love it enough. So therefore, this is geeky. Absolutely. <laughs> you, have, you have like Steve Kornacki fan clubs, mm-hmm. right? Like he is suddenly, and he he was out there with his freaking calculator just crunching numbers. And it, it's it was like, oh my gosh, what's, what's the version? Um, I'm not sure if anybody's old enough to remember the Scud Stud. Oh God, yes, um, first, not Wolf Blitzer. Arthur Kent, the first. Arthur Kent. Yeah, the first Gulf War. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, but this is even more geeky than Arthur Kent, the Scud Stud. All right. Um, but fictional presidents, I want Bartlett. Yes, that was I, our top of the section. That was our top of the long segment. I just talking about I West want, Wing. I want Bartlett. Mm-hmm. I was sobbing last night listening to the speeches. I was mm-hmm. like, they're talking in whole sentences, Co- coherent sentences. I've missed them so. Yeah, right. and and afterwards, you mm-hmm. know, different different commentators were saying, well, you know, the speech was kind of boring. I'm like. Oh. I don't care. Yeah. <gasps> really? Yeah. Right. It just That's... felt so good. It did. It was it was calm. It was calm and and presidential and I I will admit Biden is not my first choice. He wasn't mine either. Nope. He was not even my third choice, but you know what? He is the right choice at this time based on what we had access to and yeah. I wish I I'm going to take him to task when I think he's out of line and I'm going to wish him the best. And I have confidence that we're going to steer in a different direction. Um, and, and so there we have it. And, and I think this is, this is a great way to wrap up this whole conversation. We dipped into the fantastical and the, in the fictional as we like to do, but we're also bookending it at the beginning and the end with real. And, and as I said, on several occasions now, everything is geeky if you love it enough. And this process is something that people should love and, uh, and be a part of. The, the, so- this is what the podcast would sound like if you had a smart person instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> And with that being said, it's time to go to one more quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have our question of the week. Thank you so much, Susan. I love your insight and I appreciate it so much. My pleasure. I enjoyed this. So much. <laughs> 
grade, and then you'll ask the president the question that you and your teacher have prepared and written down on your index card. Okay, how about a big good morning, Mr. President, when he comes in the room? Here we go. That sounded pretty weak to me. Let's try it again. That's better. Now, who are all these people making a ruckus and tracking up my floor? You, what's your name? Jeffrey Lucas. And when are you going to get taller, huh? What are you, 15, 16 years old? I'm seven. All right, then you're fine. All right, let's go. Come on, I'm a busy man. I am, after all, the president of Bulgaria. Second, that's not right. I'm not the president of Bulgaria. I am the president of the great kingdom of Luxembourg. No! Oh, hang on, hang on. I know I'm the president of something. America! Yes, thank you. I am the president of the United States of America. Now, who has a question? Me. Yes, ma'am. Me. Me. My name is Jessica Hodges, and I'm in the third grade. And this is my question. What's your favorite part about being president? My favorite part about being president? Yeah. I'm doing it right now. Who's next? All right. Wait, hang on a second. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and dudes and dudettes. Always, as always, all points in between. You guys are all welcome to be on board with us, and I love you for it. Uh, so this has been a great conversation. Oh, my God. Unexpected. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, I love the way that... More political than we've ever gone. Exactly. I mean, well, you know... People who have been listening to us for the past few years understand our thinking. I mean, they, I don't think our, our views are surprising to people. I mean, they, I think they might be surprised to find out that Tanya is actually Republican, right? But she's always been a very reasoned one. And, and I can, married a Republican. Not yeah. me. Nothing against Republicans. No, I, and, actually, and that's you thing know is, what? I think I married two. <laughs> okay, that sounded way worse. This is keeping score at the moment. I think I did. Billy's like it. It wasn't me. There, there are separations across the board, and you know, it's 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 a matter of of being able to put support for a person and a support for an ideology and support for a concept. You know, we used to get used to just grouping them all into one shot, and before I run the risk of dipping into another half hour topic, um, you know, we we need to be able to separate ourselves from that separate people from ideas and then so you can focus on ideas and focus on beliefs and move forward from there but with that being said and at the risk of starting another half hour long segment um dan chris it's it's question time and and susan you you can go at i want you to do it again because this time we actually have that number filled in for you so it's go ahead in time Yes, it's it's question time. What, what number are we picking? I would like to do four twenty. <laughs> we did we did four twenty already. Did we do four twenty already? Which one was four twenty? What's the weirdest gift you ever received? Oh god! Oh, we did it last week or whatever in honor of Susan. Oh, yeah. that's oh okay. Then I'm going to steal Bill's question. I'll okay. I'll choose forty six. There we go. Forty six, way up there. Let's way up, see. way up towards the top. Wait, Dan says. Oh, wait a minute. Wait one. a minute. Wait a minute. That actually was Bill's joke. So I'm going to give that question to him. Um, I would, in honor of our rescue kitty named okay. Ty, because he is 3.14 legs. <laughs> 314? Yes. Okay. Right. So here we go. Back down this, this, this is a long one here. Okay. Here oh, we go. Does it make me it, think? It might. Oh, okay. I hope not. 
If you die and find out that everyone gets to choose a 12 foot by 12 foot square to stay in alone for eternity without being able to influence or contact the living world, what 12 foot by 12 foot square would you choose? Dear God, that's terrible. <laughs> that I, is don't, I don't remember this one. One that already exists or do we get the fashion? I, 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 guess, something, I guess something you already exists. Let me read it one more time. Okay. If, if you die and find out that everyone gets to choose a 12 foot by 12 foot square to stay in alone for eternity without being able to influence or contact the living world, what twelve foot by twelve foot square would you choose? I'm assuming it's a, tw- a square by on the, the current world. I want to be in the twelve foot by twelve foot square near you guys, so I can at least talk to you. But you can't. I, w- I would. Like, I would have Wi-Fi, Zoom, <laughs> Kindle. Well, yeah, but an we'll... Amazon Fire Stick. All right, then I pick a twelve by twelve uh, at a, at a movie theater. Oh, uh, that's a good one. But Except no, for right I, now, I would no. I just want to. <laughs> We're be dead, there. so it doesn't matter. I, you wouldn't be able to influence the real world, sure, but we're all in the afterlife together. So I'd, I'd want to be like the neighboring segments to you and Tanya. Mm-hmm. And, I would and be really in a, a cat shelter with kittens. There you but go. But here's the, the thing. If, um, if they're in the afterlife, I don't think they poop. Here would be the issue. Twelve foot by kittens. It would be really smelly, and I do not want to like set myself up for an eternity of horrible cat box smells. Oh my! I don't think we'd be in purgatory, would we? Us? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you. (laughs) Maybe me. I'm gonna have a few centuries to burn off in purgatory. I'm pretty sure. Now, if I was in like a 12 by 12 foot section, my favorite section of the library, would I have access to the books? No, the question says you wouldn't be able to interact with the real world. You'd just be able to like observe it. You you can't influence or contact the living world. Okay. I'd be on Main Street in Disney World. World. There you go. Oh, there you go. That's the goings on. See what the, if the, it's a the, book from a dead person? That's not the living ooh, world. That's true. Mm. Yes. I don't know. That's that's a that's no. That's not a. I don't like. Yeah. That no. Nope. I don't like that question. Either. Let's go back to forty six. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the, I'm gonna stick to my answer that I would want my twelve by twelve section to be near you guys so that I could be near okay. you guys at least. Do you want to do forty six too for the fun of it? Let's yes. do forty six for the fun of it. Putt putt for the fun of it. Okay. It's a would you rather? Okay. Would you rather always have to sing instead of speaking or dance everywhere you went? <gasps> this is a horrible question for me. This is a horrible, horrible question for me. But you're a dancer, Tanya. You do tap dance. Uh, I do. Dancing. I sing too. Yeah. I'm like, just because I can't sing doesn't mean I won't sing. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, I would say t- for me, just to save everyone else's sanity, I would have to dance everywhere I went. Because everyone's um, everyone's ears would be hurting if I was singing constantly. See, I would have to sing. I would pick sing, but I would be singing like Lou Reed, so it all works out for everybody in the end. <laughs> I, I got singing also because if I danced, I'd make Donald Trump look like John Travolta. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, uh, that one is a better question other than that 12 by 12 square area. Yeah. Yeah. God, stuck in a 12 by 12 spot, and if I couldn't see you guys, I'd go mental. Yeah. That would be hell. That would not be an afterlife. That would be hell. True. Yeah. yeah, you have issues if you don't talk to us for 20 minutes. That's true, I do. 
That's true. The loneliness is real. All right, my friends. I think that's good. That's a wrap. This has been a hell of an episode. I am so happy. This has been an amazing episode. So I'm excited to share this one with everybody. Um, So I need you, my dear listener, to go ahead and answer any of those questions uh, yourself as well. Uh, And then tune in next week when we still have no idea what we're going to be talking about. Uh, So, hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. It's time. I want you to hit it. Because this has been Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you in April of 2021 at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us wherever we go, and we'll lead you to where the entertainment is. You guys have a great week. Have a safe week, and we will talk to you again next week. When news breaks, we fix it. Good duct tape.